ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار اما بعد then it brings me great pleasure to be connected to my brothers and the people of sunnah in the island of barbados in the caribbean today sunday the 4th of august in the year 2019 which coincides with the uh, 3rd of dhul hijjah in the year 1440 after the hijra of allah's messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and uh, may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward the brothers in uh, in barbados at the masjid the masjid of ahlus sunnah may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala aid them and support them and bless them for their efforts in establishing the da'wah and in spreading the da'wah of tawhid and sunnah and islam for many many years for indeed the affair is not connected to the number of followers the affair is connected to the effort and to the clarity of the da'wah and the call to tawhid whether a small number of people that they accept or whether a large number of people accept the issue barakallahu feekum is connected to the pristine nature of the da'wah that is delivered in accordance to the hikmah which is the sunnah of Allah's messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the da'wah that is done sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ala basira as Allah's messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam was commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to call to the way of your lord bil hikmati wa mawidati al hasana wa jadilhum billati hiya ahsan that call uh, call to the way of your lord meaning o muhammad and Uh, with hikmah with with wisdom which is of course the sunnah of allah's messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam by placing everything in its proper place and with fair preaching with fair admonition and argue with them in a manner that is best and this da'wah of course is a da'wah which is the da'wah of the anbiya and the rusul meaning da'wah to salafiyya the da'wah to sunnah is the da'wah of all of the prophets and all of the messengers and they were all sent to establish the tawhid of Allah to call the people to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so in that regard uh, i thank our noble brothers in barbados and i thank likewise all of the listeners and those who are present in the masjid and those who are listening online the book that the brothers have chosen is also uh, an indication of their love for this da'wah and that is because the book that they have chosen is al-qawaidul arba' the four fundamental principles which is of course the work of the great scholar and imam al-mujaddid sheikh al-islam muhammad bin abdul wahhab rahimahullah ta'ala who died in the year 1206 after the hijra rahimahullah and this uh, work uh, that is before us right now is a short piece that he wrote meaning sheikh al-islam muhammad bin abdul wahhab rahimahullah ta'ala and the word and the work is al-qawaid al-arba and this is an explanation sharh al-qawaid al-arba and uh, because of the shortage of time the detail and of course you know you could carry on teaching this work uh, for you know for for extensive period of time but because of the time scale before us inshallah uh, i will summarize the the introduction inshallah and then the first point i think that is uh uh my role today inshallah or that which I, which i have been set billahi ta'ala so if we 
inshallah begin uh, now the introduction itself is quite lengthy subhanallah and with the explanation of uh, Sheikh uh, Ubaid al-Jabari hafizahullah ta'ala whose explanation I'm using then uh, that would take actually three or four lessons just for the introduction so what I'm going to do is inshallah just uh, read uh, from the text itself and then uh, translate it and then mention one or two points of benefit from uh, Sheikh uh, Ubaid hafizahullah ta'ala and then from that we'll see how far we get into the uh, into the work itself inshallah so we'll begin with that which Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab he began with and that is that he begins by saying As'alullah al-Kareem Rabb al-Arsh al-Azim an yatawallaka fi dunya wal-akhira wa an yaj'alaka mubarakan aynama kunta wa an yaj'alaka mimman idha u'tiya shakar wa idha abtuliya sabar wa idha adhnaba astaghfar fa inna hadhihi al-thalath so here he begins with the introduction, meaning uh, Sheikh al-Islam uh, Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah ta'ala. And he begins by mentioning these words after saying the, the Basmala, the Bismillah rahman rahim that we begin in the name of Allah, the most merciful, and the bestower of mercy. So he begins by saying that I ask Allah, Al-Kareem, the Noble, Rabb Al-Arsh Al-Azim, the Lord of the Mighty Throne, that He be your protector in this life and in the next life, and that He makes you blessed wherever you are. وَأَنْ يَجْعَلَكَ مِمَّنْ إِذَا أُؤْتِيَ شَكَرْ And that he makes you of those people that when they are given, they are grateful. And when they are tried, that they are patient. And when they sin, they seek forgiveness. And these, he mentions, meaning Shaykh islam and these verily are the three headings of Sa'ada or the three types of, of happiness or the keys of happiness. So here in this Shaykh Ubaid al-Jabari hafidhahullah ta'ala he mentioned that these are five supplications that the author rahimahullah ta'ala that he makes supplication to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the one who is reading and for the one who is listening. And in this there is compassion that we find being displayed by our scholars that they welcome the one who reads and the one who listens. That they welcome him with these noble supplications that he asks Allah, look at this tremendous dua, that he asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the noble, al-kareem, the kind and noble, and the Lord of the mighty throne, that he protects you, that he is your protector, and that he protects you in this life and the next life, and that he makes you blessed wherever you may be. So here we find supplication upon supplication, five, which he makes, Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab, that he makes you from those that when he is given, that you are grateful. And when you are tried, that you are patient. So now, he makes two more supplications. And then he finishes off the fifth supplication by, by mentioning that when, that he makes you from those that when you sin, that you seek forgiveness. Five beautiful and amazing supplications that Shaykh Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab Rahimahullah Ta'ala makes. And all of them, of course, the purpose of them is that you are attentive and that you are guided in that which is contained within the words that are to follow in this book. So the first thing that he mentions is 
that Allah is your protector in this life and the hereafter. Meaning that this is the ma'iyya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is khasa. That this means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with you in a specific sense, meaning that He aids the believers and He protects them. And He protects them and He gives them firmness and a firm word with which they speak. And also that He has asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes you mubarak, that He makes you blessed. Wherever you may be, kunta, wherever you are, that Allah makes you blessed. Just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that he uh, stated regarding uh, the Masih and his mother and that is alayhi uh, salatu wassalam meaning uh, with regard to uh, Jesus the son of Mary and his mother that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the dua that he made وَجَعَلَنِي مُبَارَكًا أَيْنَمَا كُنْتُ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that he has made, uh, made me mubarakan, made me blessed, wherever I may be. And likewise the shukr, with respect to that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given, that you are grateful for whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you, that you are from the one who is shakir. That you are shakir, from the shakirin, from those who are truly grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the blessings that Allah has bestowed upon you. In your, and especially with respect to your religion that Allah has guided you. And that is the greatest of the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the favor of Islam. And the beauty of Islam that Allah guided you and Allah saved you from misguidance and from hellfire and from punishment. That would have been eternal for the, for the one who, who does not worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the unbelievers. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likewise, that he has, that you are grateful for the fact that Allah, whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you with in the dunya. By way of provision and food and family and so on. So all of this is, barakallahu uh, feekum, from the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Furthermore, furthermore, he, uh, there is a hadith of Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Hadith that has been collected by Imam Tirmidhi rahimahullah and he declared it to be authentic, alhamdulillah. And likewise, uh, uh, the, the, the hadith uh, is reported in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad and other places wherein Allah's Messenger alayhi salatu wassalam that, he's, uh, that it has been reported from him from the hadith of Abu, uh, Abu Kabsha al-Anmari from Allah's messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that there are three things for which I swear and narrate to you so there are three things upon which I swear and that I narrate to you regarding so remember meaning so remember them so remember this. So then he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the wealth of a slave does not decrease by the giving of charity. And no servant of Allah suffers an injustice and is patient with it, except that Allah adds to his honor, meaning that Allah ennobles him and honors him. And no slave of Allah opens up a door to begging, Except that Allah opens up a door for him to poverty. Naam. And then the Prophet said, or rather he said, And I shall narrate to you a narration, so remember it. So then the Prophet continued, I will narrate to you a narration, so remember it. And he said, The world is only for four persons. A slave whom Allah provides with wealth and knowledge. So he has taqwa of Allah. He fears Allah and is obedient to his Lord with it. And he nurtures the ties of kinship and family with it. And he knows that Allah has a right in it. So this is the highest and the most virtuous and the noblest of ranks. 
And then there is another slave, the second one. And then there is a slave to whom Allah has given knowledge. But Allah has not given him wealth. So he has a truthful intent. His niyyah is pure and truthful. Naam. So his niyyah is truthful and he says that if I had wealth, then I would do the deeds of so and so with it. So he has this intention, meaning that if he was wealthy, that he would do the same as others who had wealth. So this is his intention. Barakallahu feekum. If I had wealth, I would do the deeds of so-and-so. So his intention is there. So their rewards are the same as the one who had wealth. Then there is a third. And that is a slave whom Allah provides with wealth. But he does not provide him with knowledge. So he spends his wealth rashly and without knowledge, without care. Nor does he have the fear of Allah, nor, there be, nor, duty, nor is he dutiful to Allah. Nor does he nurture the ties of kinship of the, fam, of the family and kinship. And, nor, and he does not know that Allah has a right in it, meaning in his wealth. So this is the most despicable of the ranks. Then there is a slave, the fourth one. And a slave whom Allah does not provide with wealth, nor with knowledge. So he says, if I had wealth, then I would do the deeds of so and so with it. And he has, it, and he has his intention. And their sin is the same. Naam. Or that his, rather his, his, his recompense is the same or his burden is the same. So here we find from Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about having this sincerity, being a person who is truly sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may not give you something or that you have not been, it has not been written for you to be wealthy. But your intent is that if I had that wealth, I would spend it in the cause of Allah. So that person is a person of excellence. And likewise, a person who has knowledge and he has wealth. So he imparts his knowledge and he gives of his wealth. And this is a person of excellence and nobility too. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala judges the people and he sets forth, sets them, sets forth for them these uh, these examples for them for for us for ourselves for myself and yourselves allah sets forth these examples with respect to your intentions and that which is within your hearts so the first one as sheikh uh, uh, mentions the first one is the ghani who is shakir so he is ghani he is wealthy and he is grateful to allah so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raises him to the best of stations due to his deeds. The second one is a faqir, sabir. He is poor, but he is patient and he is truthful. And his intent is that if he was given wealth, then he would spend in the cause of Allah. So likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raises him. Allah raises him to the most virtuous of ranks because of his truthful intention. Then the third one is the rich one. And he is stingy and miserly and withholds. Then he has the lowest of all of the ranks of the people. Then the fourth one, then he is, he is a person who is poor. And he has a, an evil intent. This is the fourth one. He has an evil intent. And his intention is evil. Alongside his, alongside the fact that he is in poverty, he wants the wealth to do what? Not to spend in the cause of Allah, not to do good with. So therefore his recompense is the same, meaning that his recompense is the lowliest and the, and the most foul of, of stations. So the first two, are in the lofty stations in the sight of Allah and they are people of nobility because of their good intention. 
And the second two, then they are evil, the rich one and the poor one. Because both of them do evil. And the poor one, even if he had wealth, his intent is only to do evil. So no doubt, my brothers and sisters, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has enjoined upon us that if we are grateful to Allah, then Allah will give us increase. And if we are from those who disbelieve and turn away from Allah, then Allah's adab is without doubt shadeed, is severe. So I'm going to move quickly on, barakallahu feekum. And no doubt, you know, there's, there's much that can be said, especially with regard, or, or let's just finish off by mentioning that which the author, Shaykh Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab, mentioned at the end of, that, of those lines. That if he sins, that he is repentant to Allah, seeks Allah's forgiveness. So this is the dua that Shaykh Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab made. That Allah makes us from those that when we sin, that we seek his forgiveness. That we seek his forgiveness. Just like the hadith that is authentic from Allah's Messenger, reported by Bukhari, from Abu Huraira. That Allah's Messenger وسلم, said, Ya ayyuhal nas, tubu ilallah, wastaghfuruhu. O people, tubu ilallah, repent to Allah and seek his forgiveness. For inni atubu ilallahi fil yawmi akthara min sabi'ina marra. That the Prophet وسلم, said, O mankind, repent to Allah and seek his forgiveness. For indeed, I repent to Allah in one day more than 70 times. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those people who are continually repenting to Allah. Because this is the dua of Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab so that we are attentive, that he cares for us, that he wants khair for us. Just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to be and has, and has ordained that you are people who turn to him and repent to him. And Allah will save you and Allah will in give you increase. Like as the Prophet sallallahu said in a hadith reported by Muslim, where he said, Ya ayyuhal nas, tubu ilallahi fa inni atubu ilallahi fil yawmi ilayhi miyat marra. That he said, O mankind, repent to Allah. O people, repent to Allah. For indeed, I repent to Allah in a single day. A hundred times. Prophet used to repent to Allah a hundred times. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those who are constantly repentant to him. Then, Shaykh Rislam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab mentions, quickly moving on, I'lam arshadakallah li ta'atihi That he said, and have knowledge. So he's now addressing you as the reader, have knowledge. Arshadakallah li ta'atihi May Allah guide you to his obedience, another supplication from Shaykh Islam for the reader and for the listener. Anna al-hanifiyyata millatu Ibrahima أن تعبد الله وحده مخلصا له الدين وبذلك أمر الله جميع الناس وخلقهم لها كما قال تعالى وما خلقت الجن والإنس إلا ليعبدون. so here he said may and know may Allah guide you to his obedience that the hanifia that the upright and monotheistic religion of Ibrahim is that you are to worship Allah alone, sincerely, making the religion purely for Him. And this is what Allah has commanded all of the people with. And it is for this that He has created them. Just as Allah has said, I have not created, man, I have not created the jinn, nor the mankind, except to worship Me alone. So here, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab, again, as we have mentioned, that he supplicates for the reader, for the listener, so that you are attentive and you want for you guidance. And this is the way of the ulama, Ahlul Ilm, that the ulama would supplicate for their students and for their readers. So he wants for the people to be guided. And then he informs them, A'lam. Have knowledge. So now you are aware that he is about to address you with something 
so that you know that you are to pay attention. So now, he mentions, أَنَّ الْهَنِيْفِيَّةَ مِلَّةُ إِبْرَاهِيمِ That indeed, the upright and monotheistic religion of Ibrahim. And this Hanif is of course, or this, this Hanifiyya, refers to the upright religion. And that is the religion of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran. That Allah mentioned, مَا كَانَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ يَهُودِيًّا وَلَا نَصْرَانِيًّا وَلَكِنْ كَانَ حَنِيفًا مُسْلِمًا وَمَا كَانَ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in this ayah from Surah Ali Imran, ayah number 67, that Allah states that Ibrahim was neither a Jew nor was he a Christian, but rather he was حَنِيفًا مُسْلِمًا He was a a Muslim one who had submitted to Allah, that he had submitted to Allah Hanifan, that he was upright upon Tawheed, steadfast upon Tawheed, the worship of Allah, and he was not amongst the polytheists. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes clear that this is the deen, of, of, that, that this Hanifiyyah is the deen of, of, of Ibrahim alayhi salam, and that is that you worship Allah alone, sincerely, and the deen, the deen with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meaning the religion with Allah, is nothing but Islam. Inna deena inda Allah islam As Allah mentions in Surah Ali Imran, ayah number 19, that indeed the religion with Allah, it is Islam. And Allah will not accept any other religion except for Islam. وَمَنْ يَبْتَغِي غَيْرَ الْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا فَلَنْ يُقْبَلَ مِنْهُ وَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ And whomsoever desires a religion other than Islam, then it will never be accepted from him. And he, and he will be in the hereafter from amongst the losers. In the ayah from Surah Ali Imran, ayah number 85. And it is established also from the Prophet ﷺ in a hadith reported by Bukhari and Muslim from Abu Huraira, that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that indeed all of the Prophets, that they are brothers, that they are all brothers, their mothers may be different, but their deen is one. That their religion, deenuhum wahid, that their religion is one. So again, showing that all of the prophets were upon one deen. And they were upon one religion. And this religion that Ibrahim salam was commanded with is the same religion that all of the prophets were commanded with. And that is that, the people are to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ That Allah did not create the jinn, nor the mankind, except that they should worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and make the religion sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. And likewise, wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned with regard to the prophets and the messengers, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ مِنْ رَسُولٍ إِلَّا نُوحِي إِلَيْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنَا فَاعْبُدُونَ And we did not send before you, O Muhammad. We did not send before you, O Muhammad, any messenger, except that we inspired him to say that none has the right to be worshipped except for me, so worship me. Meaning that, that, that none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah, so worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As occurs in this ayah, from Surah Al-Anbiya, ayah number 25. Naam. So this is the purpose of our creation. And this was for which all of the prophets and the messengers were sent. And that was the religion of Ibrahim alayhi salam. And neither was he a Jew, nor was he a Christian. But rather he was one who submitted himself to the one true creator of the heaven and the earth. And he worshipped him alone. And he did not associate partners with him in worship. And he was Musliman, Walakin Kana Hanifan Musliman. That he was Hanif, upright upon Tawheed, steadfast upon Tawheed, worshipping Allah alone, and he was a Muslim. That was the religion of Ibrahim alayhi salam. That was the religion of Ibrahim alayhi salam. And none of us are to forget that Barakallahu Fikum in this age. When people are calling to Wasatul Adiyan and the unification of the religions, that Islam and Judaism and Christianity are all the same. 
the profits are different but in reality if you look at them the substance is the same and the fundamentals are the same nothing could be further from the truth there are similarities in that the Jews and the Christians and the Muslims all are Ahlul Kitab that all of them were sent the book there is no doubt about that so Bani Israel they were sent prophets with books like the Zabur that was sent to Daud and the Torah that was sent to Musa and likewise the, the Christians who, do, who those who ascribe themselves to Jesus Christ or Isa ibn Maryam that to Isa they were sent the Injil, the Gospels so the Torah was sent to Moses and the Psalms were sent to David and the Injil or the Gospels were sent to Jesus and the Quran was sent to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The abrig and the Quran, of course, abrogates all of the other books that came before it. But the Jews and the Christians that they have not established the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa taala, nor have they believed in all of the messengers, because the Jews they reject Jesus Christ and they reject Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and that they have added to their religion, they've corrupted their religion, and they've entered into kufr and unbelief with regard to their disbelief and their and and the various other things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned with regard to them and Allah, and which has been mentioned actually in their own books in the Torah or that which remains of it and likewise the Christians they have not believed in all of the prophets because they disbelieve in the finality of the prophets Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam so Allah so if a person if a Muslim was not to believe in Moses or Abraham or Jesus or John Yahya or any of the other prophets, a Muslim would not be a Muslim. Because the rejection of one prophet is to reject all of the prophets. And this similarly applies to the Jews and the Christians. And that is not, you know, we haven't even considered the fact that they are, that they have committed shirk. And that they belittle the prophets, that they associate partners in worship. Like the Christians, they worship Christ and the mother of Christ. You know, they worship Jesus and they worship Mary or Maryam, alayhi salam. And they do not single out worship for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And they disbelieve in the prophets and the messengers that were sent and those that they believe in, that you find them speaking ill of them and lowering their status and accusing them of crimes that you would never imagine that one person would accuse another Muslim of. Like for example, what they accuse Lut or the prophet Lut, that they say that he fornicated with his daughters and that he had incestuous relationship with them and that their children were that 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 the that the that the, that, the ch that they had children from the offspring of lot having sex in a in a drunkard state with his own daughters and of course this is something that is kufr it is unbelief to speak in such terms with regard to the prophets and likewise what the jews that they believe with regard to the prophet suleiman salam that they accuse him of being an an idolater a mushrik a a, a person of idolatry and that he was that he was swept away due to his desire of women and that he used to that, that he that he committed that he committed acts of illegal intercourse and even worshipped idols and so on so they are not barakallahu feekum my muslim brothers and sisters from ahl sunnah that the uh, jews and christians that they are not considered to be upon the religion of ibrahim alayhi salam because they do not follow that his deen. Then he mentioned Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab rahimahullah moving on. وَإِذَا عَرَفْتَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ خَلَكَكَ لِإِبَادَتِهِ فَاعْلَمْ أَنَّ الْإِبَادَةَ لَا تُسَمَّ عِبَادَةً إِلَّا مَعَ التَّوْهِيدِ That he said, so, so when you know that Allah created you to worship him, then know that worship is not considered worship except if it is done upon Tawheed, except alongside Tawheed. Worship is not considered worship, meaning in the sight of Allah, except if it is done upon Tawheed, meaning that it is done solely for Allah, the Lord and Creator of the heavens and the earth. كَمَا أَنَّ الصَّلَاةَ لَا تُسَمَّ صَلَاةً إِلَّا مَعَ الطَّهَارَ Just as prayer cannot be called prayer, salah cannot be called salah, unless it is done upon purification, if it is done after being pure, like wudu and so on. 
فإذا دخل الشرك في العبادة فسدت so then he said that so if shirk enters into worship then it is not accepted it is not accepted كالحدث إذا دخل في الطهارة just as an impurity if it enters into meaning that hadith that which nullifies purity enters into that into your, your into your purification then it nullifies it so likewise if shirk meaning idolatry and polytheism enters into worship then fasadat it will corrupt it it will destroy it just as an impurity such as you know those things that would break your wudu break your ablution if it enters into you and upon you whilst you're in a state of purity then it would nullify your state of purity فإذا عرفت أن الشرك إذا خالط العبادة أفسدها وأحبط العمل وصار صاحبه من الخالدين في النار عرفت أن أهم ما عليك هو معرفة ذلك لعل الله أن يخلصك أن يخلصك من هذه شبكة وهي الشرك بالله الذي قال الله تعالى فيه إن الله لا يغفر أن يشرك به ويغفر ما دون ذلك لمن يشاء. So then he continues. meaning Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab, after mentioning that any time you introduce idolatry into worship, it nullifies your worship and Allah will not accept it. Just as if an impurity or that which nullifies your, your state of purity, if it was to enter upon you whilst you are pure, then it would nullify your state of purity. So then he said, so if you know that when shirk is mixed with worship, the worship is not accepted. And it corrupts the action, nullifies it, destroys it. Thus making the person who acts upon this from the people who will be eternally in the hellfire. Then you will realize or that you will come to know that the most important of subjects for you to study that this is that this is the most important of subjects for you to study meaning what tawhid and perhaps through this meaning through this understanding of tawhid and learning tawhid allah will save you from this snare or from this trap and that trap is shirk with allah about which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that indeed Allah does not forgive that partners be associated with him in worship but he will forgive lesser than that to whomsoever he pleases so here again in these tremendous words we find this encouragement and this obligation of understanding the matter of ibadah and tawheed and what is ibadah and the ibadah and worship of the lord and creator allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not accepted unless it is done upon tawhid and the one who corrupts his worship of allah by committing shirk by associating partners with him then allah will nullify all of his deeds just as allah has said walaqad uhiya ilayka wa ila alladhina min qablik لَإِنْ أَشْرَكْتَ لَا يَحْبَتَنَّ عَمَلُكَ وَلَتَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ That indeed it has, been, it has been revealed to you, O Prophet Muhammad. And it was revealed to those who came before you. That were you to commit shirk with Allah, then Allah will nullify, would surely nullify all of your deeds. And then you shall surely be 
amongst the losers. The ayah from Surah Al-Zumar, ayah number 65. So this shows that when a person com- uh, when a person performs acts of worship and he's worshipping other than Allah, whether it be a tree or a rock or a stone or a prophet or a messenger or an angel, or that he worships the dead one in his grave or other than them, then Allah has informed the prophets as he has informed those who came before him that Allah will nullify all of the deeds and that person will be in the hereafter from amongst the losers. And this is, this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned in Allah la yaghfiru an yushraka bih that indeed Allah does not forgive that partners be associated with him in worship. So we are not to worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that we are to single out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. So the one who associates partners with Allah, then of course he has entered into shirk. And shirk is of course of two types. Major shirk and lesser shirk. As for major shirk, then that exits you from the fold of Islam. And that is that a person, that he directs his acts of worship to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. So he worships alongside Allah, a prophet like Jesus, or a prophet like Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or that he worships a saint like Abdul Qadir al-Jilani and he calls upon him. So alongside Allah, they call upon others alongside Allah. Or that they call upon the jinn. And they seek from them isti'ana and isti'atha and isti'adha. They seek from them aid and assistance and refuge and so on. Then this is major shirk. The one who prostrates to other than Allah. Or the one who seeks from the inhabitants of the graves forgiveness or mercy or intercession then all of this is shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala man ya'buduhum as they used to say the mushrikeen when they were forbidden except to call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so when they used to worship their idols they used to say man ya'buduhum illa liyuqarribuna illa Allahi zulfa that we do not worship them except that they bring us closer to Allah in rank and this is the same argument of the Quburis of our time. That when they go to the graves, whether it be the grave of the Prophet or the grave of the companions or the grave of the righteous and the awliya, or even other than the awliya. Because sometimes they go to the graves of those who aren't even considered to be righteous. And they call upon them and they say, this is bas intercession, this is tawassul, this is just taqarrub, this is nearness and intercession. And this is shafa'a that this dead one in the grave will bring us closer to Allah and he will intercede with us from his grave to Allah so we ask him to ask Allah all of this is the argument of the mushrikeen as will become clear in the further points in this tremendous work as for the lesser shirk then that is that a person he is upon tawheed he says la ilaha illallah and that he singles out Allah alone for worship. So then maybe he falls into something of doing an action for other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show off to the people without realizing sometimes even. So for example, that a person that he performs the prayer and he enters the prayer for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he sees someone has entered into the room so to impress them, he beautifies the prayer. So any deed that is done, meaning that a person is upon Tawheed, is upon the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, but in a particular affair, he did the deed to impress somebody else. He did an act of worship to impress somebody else, to show off to them. And this is Riyah. Or well, that he speaks, he said something to impress somebody else, and that's Sum'ah. All of this is showing off. Then that particular deed is nullified, but the rest of his deeds are not nullified. Because he is a person of Tawheed. But shaitan has come to him. 
or something of desires have come to him, so he does an act of worship to show others. Just like the one who is a person of Tawheed, but he is encouraged to give charity, or that he wants, he gives charity just to show someone else that he's a generous person. So that act that he has done of giving charity, then that is not accepted from him because he did it for other than Allah, just to show the people or to show Fulan and Fulan that he's generous. But the rest of his deeds are accepted. As long as they were done, the others were done purely for Allah. So this person in his origin, he's a person of Tawheed, but in these, he has fallen into that which is referred to as Shirk al-Asghar. And there are different forms of it as the scholars have mentioned. Time doesn't allow for us to enter into that right now. Furthermore, uh, there is a Tawheed that a person, meaning that outwardly a person may uh, uh, display Islam and mention the Shahada La ilaha illallah, Ashhadu anna. Uh, he says, for example, Ashhadu an La ilaha illallah, wa Ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu. So he takes the Shahada, he's in Islam, he's a Muslim, apparently upon his tongue. But everything that he does, he only does it to show the Muslims. And internally he hates the Muslims. So all of his deeds are for show. Like the Munafiqeen. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions them in the Quran, the Munafiqeen. This Munafiq, all of his, the asal of his religion is for Riyah. is only to be seen. So the Munafiq, even his Shahada is to show the Muslims that I'm with you. But inside, he hates Islam. And he hates the revelation, and he hates that Islam is the is the true religion, and this is like the Munafiqeen in the time of the Prophet sallallahu So this one, he outwardly shows Islam, but inwardly he hates Islam. So all of his deeds are only to show the people. So the origin of his affair is that he only does it to show the people, and this one, of course, is an unbeliever. Moving on swiftly. Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that his call to the people barakallahu feekum was this call to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that whomsoever meets Allah not associating anything with him in worship not associating any partners with him in worship will enter into Jannah. And whomsoever meets Allah whilst having committed shirk shall enter the hellfire the hadith reported by Imam Muslim. So this shows that to meet Allah without committing shirk and worshipping Him alone is a cause for entering to Jannah. And meeting Allah whilst committing shirk with Allah, worshipping others besides Allah, then that person will be in the hellfire. And that's why we find when the Prophet ﷺ, that when he attended and when he was present at the deathbed of Abu Talib, and the Prophet Sallallahu that he visited him and he said, Ya Ammi, he said, Oh my uncle, Qul La ilaha illallah. Just say La ilaha illallah. Just utter those words. A word that when you utter it, that I will beseech Allah on your behalf on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. So around Abu Talib at that time, there was Abdullah ibn Abi Umayyah. And there was Abu Jahl, Hisham bin Ibn al-Mughira. So these two were sitting next to Abu Talib as the Prophet ﷺ was calling him to Tawheed. So every time the Prophet ﷺ would invite him to Tawheed, they would say to Abu Talib, are you going to leave? Will you, would you leave the religion of Abdul Muttalib? So every time the Prophet ﷺ would call him to La ilaha illallah, say La ilaha illallah, say that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah. Then Abdullah ibn Abi Umayyah and Abu Jahl, that they would come, come in and they would say, are you going to leave the religion of your father, Abdul Muttalib? So he refused to say, La ilaha illallah, and he died upon that, the hadith in Bukhari and Muslim. So this shows that, the, that this is an immense affair, my brothers and sisters, the affair of Tawheed. Then he mentions... Naam. Meaning Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab Rahimahullahu ta'ala After uh, After stating Wahiyya shirku billahi 
that which nullifies your worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. It nullifies it and it destroys it. That it is shirk, it is idolatry or polytheism. Worshipping others besides Allah or directing an act of worship towards other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As we have mentioned, in Allah la yaghfiru an yushraka bih, that indeed Allah does not forgive that partners be associated with him in worship, but he forgives lesser than that to whomsoever he pleases. So then he mentions, Shaykh al-Islam, وَذَلِكَ بِمَعْرِفَةِ أَرْبَعِ قَوَاعِدَ ذَكَرَهَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى فِي كِتَابِهِ He mentions that this will be, نعم, that, that this is known through understanding or being acquainted with the four principles that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned in his book. So now we enter into the four principles. And I, inshallah, today will only mention one of those principles. Inshallah, it should be, uh, if I can, uh, complete it quickly with you, because my task today was to do the first principle, uh, the introduction and the first principle. So this is the first principle now that we have finished the introduction. So now he is going to mention those four principles. He mentions Al-Qa'idatul Ula. The first principle. أن تعلم أن الكفار الذين قاتلهم رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم مقرون بأن الله تعالى هو الخالق الرازق المدبر وأن ذلك لم يدخلهم في الإسلام ودليل قوله تعالى ودليل قوله تعالى قل من يرزقكم من السماء والأرض أَمَّنْ يَمْلِكُ السَّمْعَ وَالْأَبْسَارَ وَمَنْ يُخْرِجُ الْهَيَّ مِنَ الْمَيِّتِ وَيُخْرِجُ الْمَيَّةَ مِنَ الْحَيِّ وَمَنْ يُدَّبِّرُ الْأَمَرْ فَسَيَقُولُونَ اللَّهُ فَقُلْ أَفَلَا تَتَّقُونَ So here he mentions the first principle, the first fundamental principle, is that you should know that the unbelievers whom Naam, against whom the Messenger of Allah وسلم, fought, that they used to affirm that Allah is the creator, the provider, and the controller. Yet, them knowing this did not enter them into Islam. And the proof for that is the statement of Allah, wherein Allah has said, قُلْ مَنْ يَرْزُقُكُمْ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ Say to them, O Prophet, who is the one who provides for you from the sky and from the earth? And who is the one who owns the hearing and the sights? And who is the one who brings out the living from the dead? And who is the one who brings death to the living? And who is the one who controls all of the affairs? Indeed, those polytheists, they will say, it is Allah. Then say to them, will you not fear him and be dutiful? So this is, the author has presented to us here, this affair that encompasses the following matters. Firstly, that the mushrikeen, to whom the messenger of Allah was sent, that they affirmed the tawheed of Rububiyyah. They affirmed the tawheed of Allah's lordship. And the tawheed of Rububiyyah is that they affirmed that Allah alone is to be singled out with his actions. So they affirm that. The tawheed of lordship to single out Allah alone with his actions. Such as creation and provision and ownership and control and the giving of life and the giving of death. And other than that from the affairs that are considered from the actions of Allah alone. So that's the first thing that we understand from this. That the mushriks that they affirm that Allah is the creator, the sustainer, the provider, and so on. The Tawheed al-Rububiyyah they affirmed. Secondly, we understand also from this, though they affirm the lordship of Allah, that Allah is the creator, sustainer, provider, and so on, that the Prophet wasallam, that his position towards them did not change just because they affirmed that Allah created them and provided for them and gave them life and will give them death, and sends down the rain, 
and the provision from the sky and from the earth. He, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, his position did not change towards them. Rather, he fought them and they fought him. They tried to kill him and he fought them. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And that is because the Tawheed al-Rububiyya, that it is, this was not the point of dispute between the prophets and the messengers and the people to whom they were sent. So when the prophets were sent to their people or the messengers were sent to their people, the point of dispute between the people and their messengers was not regarding the lordship of Allah because the lordship of Allah was affirmed by, by their people. Rather, the dispute and the argument between the prophets and their nations, it was in the issue of the Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah, the Tawheed of Allah's worship, that though you know that He created you, you must, on the basis of that, now worship Him and not worship anything besides. The first one they accepted, because they already knew it, that Allah created them and sustained them and provided for them and gave them life and gave them death, but they would not take it to the second stage, which was, therefore, worship him alone. So they didn't do the second stage. So the Quraysh, that they, that just like those who came before them, they were from the people of shirk. And they rejected the Tawheed al-Ibadah, the Tawheed of singling out Allah alone with worship, and to making him the sole God that is deserving of their worship. So, when the Messenger of Allah وسلم, came to them, what did they say? Has He made all of our gods obsolete with only one God? Meaning, does He want us to leave all of the gods that we worship and just worship one God? Indeed, this is a matter that is amazing. From Surah Saad, Surah Saad, ayah number 5. So, they rejected the Messenger of Allah وسلم, not on the basis that the Prophet وسلم, was informing them that Allah is their Lord because they accepted that. Not on the basis that they rejected that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides for them and gave them life and will give them death and He is the owner of the throne and so on. That he owns the heavens and the earth. And he owns the very hearing and the sights. They did not reject that because this is the Tawheed to single out Allah alone with Lordship. But they would not direct their worship towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. So the Lordship they accepted, but their worship they rejected. So this is something that you must, my brothers and sisters, bear in mind. And this was the purpose of the sending of the prophets and the messengers. Some of the people today, they say that the, uh, that the meaning of La ilaha illallah is that there is no sovereignty or judgment except for Allah. But in reality, that this tafsir of theirs, that just focuses upon rulership, is a false tafsir of the meaning of La ilaha illallah. So they wish to do that. And likewise, you have another group of people who say that you should not call to the Tawheed of worship. It is sufficient that a person know that Allah created him and Allah sustains him and Allah provides for him and Allah will give him life and so on. So you don't need to enter into the discussion of the Tawheed of singling out Allah alone with worship. So they don't focus upon Tawheed al-Ibadah. And as for the other group, then they say that the meaning of the Tawheed, La ilahi, the kalimat al-Tawheed, La ilaha illallah, its meaning is that there is no judge or rulership except for Allah, or no rule except by the, by the rule of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then we say, as for the, naam, as for those who say that the Tawheed of Allah's the Tawheed with which the Prophets and the Messengers were sent was Tawheed al-Rububiyyah, and therefore we don't have to enter into Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah, then that would necessitate, of course, that 
The mushrikeen therefore are Muslims because they affirmed Allah being their Lord. They affirmed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being the one who provided for them and the one who sustains them and gives them life and gives them death. But does that make them Muslims, those mushrikeen, Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab and those mushriks in the time of the Prophet Of course not, even though they affirmed the Lordship of Allah. So therefore, those who say, just make a person believe that Allah created him and he's a Muslim. No, he must believe that Allah created him and sustains him and gave him life and gave him death and so on. And he must believe that Allah alone is deserving of worship and then he directs his worship to Allah and that he abandons the worship of everything besides Allah. As for the second affair, that the uh, people who say that the meaning of la ilaha illallah is that there is no judgment except for Allah, then we say to them that this is a innovated explanation of the Tawheed, of the, of the, of the, uh, of the kalima of Tawheed, la ilaha illallah. And this has no basis to it. Not in the book of Allah, not in the sunnah of Allah's messenger, وسلم, and not in the understanding of the righteous salaf. Yes, judgment is for Allah. Allah is the king and he is the sovereign lord over the heavens and the earth. We affirm that. And judgment is to be referred back to Allah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of the affairs are to be returned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for judgment. فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِيمَا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned this in the Qur'an, that they will never truly believe up until they make you the judge in all of the disputes between them. So judgment is for Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Judgment is by the book of Allah and the sunnah of Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This is of course the tawheed of worship. You judge by that and you act in accordance to that because these are your actions that are devoted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the way that you speak, in the way that you act, in the way that you submit to the judgment of Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Barakallahu feekum. So, Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the prophets and the messengers for the worship. How do we know that? We did not send except a messenger to every single nation, calling them to the worship of Allah and ni'budullah. This is the meaning of la ilaha illallah. That we did not send except to every single nation a messenger, calling them to the worship of Allah and to abandon the worship of the false deities. This is the purpose. As for those who say that the purpose, that the, uh, that the meaning of la ilaha illallah means that there is no rabb and there is no creator except for Allah, then we've already explained from the ayah. But there are other ayat, many ayat that, that mention the same thing. Just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned, قُلْ لِمَنِ الْعَرْضِ وَمَنْ فِيهَا إِنْ كُنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ سَيَقُولُونَ لِلَّهِ قُلْ أَفَلَا تَذَكَّرُونَ Say to them, O Prophet, to whom belongs the earth? and whatever is within it, if you truly know. Indeed, those polytheists, meaning in Mecca at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, they will say, it belongs, all of it belongs to Allah. Then say to them, will you not take admonition then? Will you not take admonition? Meaning, that will you not affirm therefore the fact that since you have mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone is to be worshipped, and you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one, sorry, that you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the, is the one who owns the heavens, owns the earth, owns whatever is in the earth. You've affirmed all of that, then will you not now affirm the fact that Allah is alone to be worshipped and without any partners? And there are many verses like this in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned, Ya ayyuhal nasu, u'budu rabbakumu alladhi khalakakum. وَالَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ O mankind, worship your guardian Lord who created you and created those who came before you, that you may attain piety. الَّذِي جَعَلَ لَكُمُ الْأَرْضَ فِرَاشَ The one who has made the earth for you as a resting place. وَالسَّمَاءَ بِنَاءَ And made the sky as a canopy over you. وَأَنزَلَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءَ And he is the one who sent down the rain from the sky. فَأَخْرَجَ بِهِ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ and he brought out the crops and the fruits from the earth, rizqan lakum, as a provision for you, so that you may eat from it. فَلَا تَجْعَلُوا لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادًا So do not set up rivals alongside Allah. وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ Whilst you know all of this. So if you look at this ayah, or these two ayahs from Surah Al-Baqarah, ayah number 21 and 22, here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands mankind, all of them to worship Him. Because, because of what? 
because he is the one who created you. You know that he created you. So what does Allah command them with? O mankind, worship your Lord, Allah. The one who created you. So that's why you worship him. And the one who created those who came before you. That's why you worship him. So that you may attain taqwa. So that you may become pious. That's why you worship him. He is Allah. The one who made the earth as a resting place. So again, Allah mentions what he created. And the sky as a canopy, what he created. The one who sent down this, the, 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 uh, the, the water from the sky, the rain from the sky. Allah is the one who sends down the rain. Allah is the one who brings out the crops. Allah is the one who gives life. Allah is the one who gives death. Allah is the one who gives you provision. Allah is the one who gave you the air to breathe. So don't set up rivals with Allah in worship. Whilst you know that Allah did all of these things. So why would you now want to worship an idol? Why would you now want to worship Jesus Christ? Why would you now want to worship Abdul Qadir Jilani? Why would you now want to worship a grave in a, in a, in a graveyard somewhere? Worship the one who created the dead person. Worship the one who created the one that you love. Worship the one who created the prophets and the messengers. Worship the one who created the heavens and the earth and the valleys and the mountains and the trees and the rivers. Worship him. Don't set up rivals unto Allah and you know he is the one who gives life and gives. So this is what you should know. This is what you should know. And upon that point, inshallah, that concludes the introduction, which was quite lengthy because I think I was given quite a uh, large portion of the book to explain because the introduction is quite long. And uh, I have finished the introduction and the first principle in summary, Barakallahu Feekum. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you for listening and being patient with me for the time that you have sat with me. Wa jazakumullahu khairan. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Jazakumullahu khairan to my brothers Abu Yahya Abdul Karim and the rest of the brothers in Barbados. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward them for their many years of service for the da'wah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen the da'wah in Barbados and in the rest of the Caribbean and the West Indies. For indeed, it is a blessed uh, honor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, that he has given us the opportunity to spread the da'wah to Salafiyya, to all of the four corners of the earth. And what a blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has established for us, a masjid of Sunnah and Salafiyya in, uh, in, in, in Barbados. So uh, spread the da'wah, barakallahu feekum, ikhwa, and don't fear the blame of the blamers. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you strength. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us and forgive us and, and show his, and, and grant his, grant his success to us and to yourselves. Wa jazakumullahu khairan. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad.